Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. And we are a show for men by men talking about stuff from a man's perspective. Uh, It's not just for men, but that's our main audience. And we thank you for listening, whether you are a man or a woman. We appreciate anyone listening to our show. And a little bit about us, we believe here at Solid Steps that uh, there's a lot of noise out in the world. Some of it good, some of it bad. You can hear a lot about politics. You can hear a lot about culture. You can hear a lot about sports or whatever it is. And we just want to kind of go in the other direction and talk about things that you may not talk a lot about. You know, things that, uh, you know, light and pithy things like your destiny and uh, who God is and who you are and all of those things. And that's what we talk about here at Solid Steps Radio. So we believe that you as a man, if you're listening, you have not fulfilled your destiny as a man if you are not walking with God through Jesus Christ. And the only way you can walk with God is through Jesus. And we don't mean that... Uh, to slam anyone. We don't mean that as self-righteously. We just mean that you have a destiny and that is to walk with God. And uh, he wants you to walk with him. And, and today we're talking about an aspect of walking with God that not a lot of people talk about. And uh, we don't have a guest per se today. Kurt is our guest in essence. I'm gonna, we're going to interview you, Kurt, more, and we're going to kind of talk back and forth about a topic that you almost will never hear preached. And that's not a knock on pastors. They only have so many hours a year to preach. But I'm going to read something from a book called The Bondage Breaker by Neil Anderson. And we're going to reference him a lot today. And this is from a chapter called You Can Win the Battle With Your Mind. It says, during those early informative years of life, you had neither the presence of God in your life nor the knowledge of his ways. Consequently, you learned to live your life independent of God. This learned independence from God is a major characteristic of what Scripture calls the flesh. When you become a new creation in Christ, nobody pushed the delete button in your memory bank. And today, we're going to talk about (laughs) living in freedom in Christ as opposed to living in bondage, even if you are a saved, born-again believer. You know, Chad, I I remember hearing Dr. Neil Anderson, uh, theology professor, pastoral theology professor, Talbot Theological Seminary out in California, and I remember uh, him saying that the vast majority of Christians in our churches today around the country are not walking in freedom. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can that be? I, you know, and, and and that was just a new concept uh, that I had never really thought much about. That w- that the and he he wasn't saying that people weren't Christians. He wasn't saying that they weren't born again. He he wasn't saying that they hadn't trusted and received Christ in their life. What he was saying was they were Christians. They were born again, but he was saying that they were constantly being tripped up. Hmm. And uh, you, you have you, you just opened your Bible to a passage in Second Timothy about how the enemy uh, gets us to be in a trap. Right. Well, you want to read that? Yeah, in Second Timothy two, uh, verses twenty-two through twenty-six. I'm just going to hit on these. It says, "Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart." And it goes on to say. Those who oppose him, him being the Lord's servant, okay? Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct and in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And here's a verse that I really find very uh, intriguing for us as believers is, and they 
will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. I'm going to read that again. And they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. The word captive, that the enemy, there is an enemy, God is good, and then there's an enemy, and he is Satan, and he is opposed to everything that God believes and teaches and is all about. And one of, we see here, one of Satan's goals is to uh, take, set traps, okay, set traps. Yeah, there's two times it's mentioned in the New Testament. And then take captive people to entrap them, catch them, capture them, put them in prison, if you will, so he can make them do his will. That's some pretty heady, deep stuff. And you don't hear that a lot, but how can that, so Kurt, I'll just go ahead. How can we as believers, what does that mean to us about taking us captive and making us do his will? We're in Christ. We don't have to worry about that anymore, right? (laughs) Well, if you read through the gospels and you read through the New Testament, it is just loaded with passages of scripture that talk about how the enemy is always trying to entrap us or to enslave us. You know, Paul says in Galatians chapter five, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then he goes on to say, Let's not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the enemy's, uh, his, one of his big goals uh, for all of us Christians is to get us to walk in slavery or to be ensnared, to be in a trap, and we don't even know it. Mm. I mean, isn't that, I, I mean, because if, if we knew it, we would we would we would be more aware we would try to be more proactive we would be more intentional and so he is so subtle and so sly and and so deceptive i i heard a year, uh, years ago that um on a one uh, on a 0 to 100 scale 0 being absolutely no truth whatsoever and 100% truth on the other end, other end of the spectrum where does the enemy work? And you kind of think, wow, he, he's all about, he's the father of lies. He's, he's all about, you know, the, the, the antithesis of truth, the antithesis of Jesus. But really what, where he works is down in the, in the end of, close to the end of truth, hmm. where he even quotes scripture at times, and, and yet he's full of deception. Hmm. So does that make sense? It does. And so if, if somebody case in point, so I was 28 when I started to walk with God and I went from spiritual darkness to spiritual light. So that sounds like based on what I just read from Neil Anderson and from the Bible (laughs) that I lived in darkness for 28 years. I was spiritually dead and I was being conformed uh, as it says in Romans 12, it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. So for 28 years, you are being conformed to the world. To the world. And not only to the world, just ambiguously, but as we read here, Satan is the prince of this world. Jesus referenced that, I think, in John 10. The yes. prince of this world is coming. So the prince of this world was forming my mind for 28 years. Now, people say, well, you were possessed. No, I wasn't possessed. I acted like it maybe sometimes, but... <laughs> But no, I, your mom and dad probably yeah. like, oh my lord, help us but there. <laughs> I, I was being slightly, subtly, f- 
transformed into what Satan wanted me to be, right? And I don't think Satan camped out at my doorstep, but it says that a third of the angels of heaven rebelled with Satan and were kicked out of heaven. So I don't know how, how many demons there are in the world, but Satan has some help, right? So here's a question I have here as we finish up this segment here in the next couple minutes, is um, we as believers have had this perception of, well, I'm, I'm born again, I got baptized, I believe Jesus is the Christ, and I'm going to be in heaven one day. Talk about how that is short-sighted on how we're supposed to live now and how the enemy still works against us even today. I mean, I th- the enemy is all about once we trust Christ, he can't change our eternal destiny once we trust and receive Christ. The Bible says that we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that, you know, we were far away and we've been brought near. We were enemy of God, now we're a friend of God. We were in the kingdom of darkness, now we're in the kingdom of light. And so he can't change that, but what he can change or what he can try to influence us is to be ineffective. Mm. That we that we live in bondage, in some level of bondage, that we live in some form of slavery. So can Christians still be enslaved and in bondage to Satan? Absolutely. Absolutely. So to the person who says, well, I don't really know. It's for freedom that Christ has set me free. The the blood of Jesus and the cross has set me free. Absolutely. And that's true. But how can we still be in bondage? Um, Because we... Our minds, our heart, it's what you said earlier, our hearts and our minds have been in a pattern of living for you for 28 years. Mm-hmm. So so when you trusted Christ back when you were 28 years old, did, did, does that mean that no more temptation, no more patterns of sin in your life? Right. I, I mean, I, I just read this morning from a seasoned professor and pastor, and l- listen to what he says. I wish I could say that I'm always content. I wish I could say that I never complain. I wish I could say that I never have uh, want what others have. I wish I could say that I have never envied the life of another. I wish I could say that I have never thought that God gave something to someone else that he meant for me. I wish I could say that I am better at counting my blessings than I am at assessing what I don't have. I wish I could say that my appetite for things wasn't so large. He says, I wish I could be more content and satisfied. This is a seasoned, seasoned, godly pastor and uh, professor and author, and he's saying, I still struggle. Why? Well, we're going to take a break and unpack that over the next three segments, and we're going to figure all this out in three more segments. But the truth is, we're going to, we're going to walk through a, a ministry resource called uh, the Freedom in Christ Ministry. Uh, Freedom in Christ Ministry by Neil Anderson. It's called the Steps to Freedom in Christ, and it's referred to as a freedom appointment, okay? And it sounds a little bit, eh, I'm not sure about that. Just hold on with us. We're going to talk about how you can renew your mind on a daily, regular basis to walk in the freedom that God has called you to. Does that sound appealing? I think it does. So why don't we take a break? We'll be back in the next few segments on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell and Kurt Souter in the studio today. We don't have a guest per se, but we are... We, we do have a guest. You. Well, we have, yes, we, okay. we always have a You're, special guest. We have the guest of the Holy Spirit. He's always with us. Yeah, but usually there's somebody <laughs> sitting over there in that chair, and they're not. But we're, we're just talking today about 
If you're just joining us and you missed the first segment, we're talking today about living in freedom in Christ and how even a believer who is born again and saved can be in bondage and uh, how we can live a life of freedom every day in Christ and um, how that is God's destiny for us to live in freedom, not to live in bondage. And if you're in bondage financially and you just feel like your bank has too many fees or too many, too many uh, restrictions on you and you want to be free in your financial... <laughs> That's a great segue. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> uh, you need to go to Ellen and Credit Union. They are a local lender. They have been with us from almost day one in this show. We are thankful for them. They have treated us well, and they will treat you even better. Uh, they are a not just somebody who handles your money. They handle you. And uh, Ellen and Credit Union, a sponsor of our show. Also, uh, Vision First Eye Care. Popped a couple contacts in my eyes today from Vision First. They've been taking care of my eyes for years, and they should take care of yours. Because, again, they don't just take care of your sight. They take care of you as a person. And they've got all kinds of fancy instruments looking in your eyeballs, and they can even see parts of your brain through your eyes, which is, is pretty fascinating to do. So Vision First Eye Care, a sponsor of our show, and we thank them for being uh, being on board. So, Chad, you know, as you go through the Gospels and you go through, uh, it's interesting and through the New Testament that almost every New Testament book mentions uh, – uh, something about spiritual warfare, either the, the powers of darkness, the, de- the devil, Satan. That doesn't mean that we, we need to be in f- fear, but it needs, we need to be aware. So what part of, uh, of, of God's plan and the gospel that we hear about, right? What is the gospel? Well, you know, I, I think, Chad, that many times we think that I, I trust Jesus, I, I walked forward, I, I prayed a prayer, I was baptized, I right. publicly professed Christ as my personal Savior, and now I'm, I'm, I'm secure and saved. And we are. But we are, we are missing the boat if we think that the enemy is not what Peter says, he's like a roaring lion mm. seeking to whom he may devour. You had told me that you heard a Christian, a missionary asked a Christian who was visiting from China. From yeah. China. Yeah. Tell me that story. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the guy asked, this, this Chinese Christian was visiting America and he said, hey, as you have visited here this country, What's the biggest difference between the Christians in China and the Christians in America? And the Chinese brother in Christ said, oh, that's easy. You guys in America have no idea that we're in a war. Hmm. And he was talking about the spiritual war right. that Paul refers to in Ephesians chapter 6. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the rulers and the powers of darkness, the authorities of this dark world. And he's talking to the church. He's hmm. saying, church at Ephesus, you Ephesian Christians, hey, listen up. You need to be aware that we're in a battle, that we're in a war. He says it in Ephesians. He says it in Galatians. I mean, it, it's, it's throughout. He mentions it in Romans. In Romans chapter uh, 13. He says, uh, he says, church at Rome, Christians, rather you need to clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And, and, and so, well, I thought they were born again. I thought they don't have a sinful nature. Right. I thought they don't have to wrestle with that anymore. Oh, no. Even though the whole gospel is we trust Christ, we are continuing to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're to, we are to continue to be transformed. Mm-hmm. And the gospel, we need the gospel not just once. We need the gospel every day of our lives. 
that we trust the Lord. We lean into him. That's why the Bible says that when we're to draw near to God and he'll draw near to us. So we mentioned uh, in the first segment about we're going to walk through a ministry called uh, Freedom in Christ Ministries, and we call it a freedom appointment. The steps to freedom in Christ, a step-by-step guide to help you resolve personal conflict in your spiritual life. And uh, talk to me about how you came across this ministry. You know, Chad, um, I was pastoring in northern Kentucky. And as I was pastoring, I'm recognizing and realizing, not, in my, not only in my own life, but also in the people there, that they were walking in, in bondage. That it's not, sometimes it's not so much what people are saying and doing, it's what they're not saying and doing. And so I was recognizing they didn't, wanna, they didn't really want to live a life of worship to Jesus, that, that they weren't full of gratitude and thanksgiving. And by the way, again, this is in my own life. When I'm not being grateful, when I'm not, you know, the psalmist says, let his praise always be on our lips. When I'm not regularly just praising Jesus and thanking him and honoring him and worshiping him, that's an indicator that there's a, a, a discontentment. Uh, a, I'm not being satisfied. I'm longing for other things. And so I just saw that, not only in my own life, but in, in the people that I was pastoring. And I came across this tool called the Steps to Freedom in Christ, and I started labeling it, oh, we just need a freedom appointment. And I've started introducing this to hundreds and hundreds of people over the last two decades. And it has been a tool that has been wonderfully used to help people begin and, and maintain to walk in freedom. Not perfection, but it helps them. And by the way, so when did you go through mm. what I would call this freedom appointment, this little booklet? It was, uh, this is not my remember? original book, but it was in the early, it was in my, I was in my early 30s. I'm 45 now. I was in my early 30s, maybe mid 30s. Yeah, so 10, 12 yeah. years yeah. ago. Right. I remember you introduced me to it and I said, great, sounds good. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> and I remember I went with my best buddy, John, and, and, and you recommend, or it's recommended that you do this with someone else. Why Absol is that? Absolutely. Because in um, James' epistle, James chapter 5, it says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And so there's something powerful. First John 1 John 1.9 says, confess your sins to the Lord and, and he will wipe away our sins. Mm. The psalmist says, from the east is from the west, he takes away our sins. And so we, we confess our sins to the Lord, but we also need to do it to another brother or sister. Why is there any need for or power in doing that? If Jesus' blood covers my sin and I've been forgiven, why do I need to talk to someone else about it? That's a great question. When we confess our sins, there's four people that, that um, can hear. First of all, there's something powerful about we, we hear our own confession. Uh, secondly, it's, it's the, the, the person with us, so they can verify I think it's what Jesus says, you know, where two or three are come together in my name. There's, there's power when we have a witness. Um, thirdly, God hears it. Now, he doesn't. We can pray silently, and, but there's something powerful when we pray out loud and we confess out loud to God. But then, fourthly, the powers of darkness hear it. Mm. And there's something powerful that happens when we make declarations when we pray, when we speak, and when we confess out loud, 
the powers of darkness want to entrap us. And there's, when we are communicating truth out loud, it grows our faith. Uh, that's why the Bible says um, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And when we proclaim truth, in, in those in that way, right. it's 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 life changing. I remember here Chip Ingram did a great study on invisible warfare, and he brought something to my mind I did not know. When you talk about the armor of God, mm-hmm. which by the way, armor is worn by people who are in battle, he <laughs> said the there's the only offensive weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And mm-hmm. he said the word for word of God in the Greek, which I'm not a Greek expert, is rhema. If I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. Yeah, that's right. Rhema. And he says, that means the spoken word. And so if you think about your offensive weapon uh, of weapon of speaking the word of God, it says to speak the word of God as our weapon. And then think about what Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil. What did he do? The prince of this world who said, I can give you all the power of the world. I'm like, wait a minute. Or I can give you power. I can, you jump off and, and, and angels will save you. I can make all these, all this land yours if you just bow down before me. That means Satan apparently has some power in this world and he was offering it to Jesus and Jesus silently bowed his head and prayed to himself. He didn't. What did he do? Oh, he spoke the, the truth out loud. He rebuked. He, he, he spoke the word of truth. And then he sp- eventually, in the, after the third uh, temptation, he speaks a word of rebuke and says, hit the road, Satan, be, be gone and get out of here. It sounds like James 4, 7. Yes, resist, uh, we're to submit ourselves to God and resist the devil. And he and, will. And he will flee. He's right. got to go. Right. And so most Christians, we don't understand that there's two verbs in that passage. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil. The verbs are submit to God. The second verb is resist the devil. And the devil doesn't care whether we do one or the other. He just doesn't want us to do both. Mm. And this tool is uh, the Steps to Freedom in Christ that was written by Neil Anderson, a professor out at uh, Talbot Theological Seminary. Um, he, he helps us submit fully to God and to resist the devil so that he must flee. So these, there's seven steps to it. We're not going to have a chance to go over them as we finish up this segment. We're going to get two more segments left. Uh, we're going to just walk through the very beginning of I've hit a few. We're going to hit all seven steps. We're going to camp out on a couple of them, and it begins with, oddly enough, a family history and a personal inventory of your life. Why in the world would that matter? Well, let's take a break. We'll come back in the next two segments and unpack that here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Satter. We are talking today about living in your freedom in Christ and how you were made. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free, says in the Bible. But many people who are born again believers are still living in bondage. I use the reference of you're sitting in a jail cell and the jail cell is hanging wide open and you can walk out anytime you want and never have to go back. But the many people are still sitting in the jail cell. Um, because they have not been transformed by who they are mentally and, and uh, in their mind. They're still thinking like they were dead people. And if you've got a problem in your septic tank, speaking of, of dead people and dead stuff, that's a bad segue. <laughs> but either way, if you have a septic tank problem, you need to call Frank Enterprises. Those guys are the best when it comes to 
resolving uh, septic issues. Also, water drainage issue is this time of year where you start to see water and rain. It's snowing right now, and you got moisture. And if moisture does not go where it is supposed to go outside of your house, it goes inside of your house or other places, and that's bad. Frank Enterprises helps take care of that. And then Bright Star Home Care. Uh, we cannot say enough about how important of a ministry and of what they do. They help people walk through life of how to give home care to people they love, whether your person needs a visit once a week or they need 24-7 care. That is a stressful time to figure that out. And if you have questions, Bright Star Home Care, a sponsor of our show, and they take care of those those uh, those questions you may have. So, uh, Kurt, last segment we talked about uh, the, the, the steps to Freedom in Christ, Freedom in Christ Ministries. We call it, you call it a freedom appointment. There are seven steps in this uh, resource that Neil Anderson lays out. Uh, we talked about family history, the last segment, and personal inventory. Why in the world would he start that right from the beginning? Because I think um, most of us never look back at our history of life. And, and, and because we may, are, are not aware of how the enemy was working before we became a Christian. Even in our family, our, our parents, our grandparents, the enemy still wants to use that history in our present life. And so if we're not aware, so for example, mm-hmm. a guy came to me uh, years ago and uh, he was struggling with alcohol. <clears throat> and so I said, well, when did you, when did you Start, first start to struggle. Now, he was a Christian. He mm. had given his life to Christ. He was truly born again, but he was struggling with alcohol. And there's a lot of people in the church today that maybe struggle. Maybe it's not alcohol, but it's some other thing. Food, yeah, pornography, you Yeah, ab- absolutely. So I, I said to him, when did you start drinking? He said, when I was 13. I said, where did you get your first drink? He said, the, the refrigerator. I go like, what, what do you mean? He said, at the house. And I said, well, t- talk to me about your parents. He said, well, my mom, she struggled with alcohol for 20, 25, 30 years. I go, oh, stop right there. I said, you're struggling with alcohol, but your mom was an alcoholic for decades. He said, that's right. I said, tell me about her family. He said, well, her brother died of uh, cirrhosis of the liver. He was an alcoholic. And my, my other uncle, he is in very poor health, and he struggled with alcohol. I said, Okay. Let's go to the next generation. Go to your grandparents. He said, well, my, my grandpa was an alcoholic. I said, are you seeing a pattern here? Mm-hmm. I said, you're struggling. Your mom and her siblings and your grandfather. I said, tell me about your great-grandparents. He said, I, I really don't know anything about them. I said, okay. I don't know anything about them either. But I said, if I'm a betting man, one or multiple of them probably struggled with some level of addiction, maybe alcohol. I said, and so do you see how the enemy works? And do you see how your own flesh patterns work? So to be aware of that. And so, then, you, then you, begin to, you begin to repent and renounce. We talked about in the beginning of the show the power of not just repentance, but the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, uh, 28, verse 13, I, I think you pulled it up. Yeah, it says, He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Yeah. A, a working definition of renounce. If you announce something, you're announcing something, you know, uh, 
Elvis has left the building, right? That's the announcement that was made. You're announcing something, right? To renounce something is the opposite of that. You are verbally taking it away. That's right. The, the, it's, it's when, when we talk about um, our, our sin patterns, and we all have them. Right. This is not to condemn us. This is just to help us to be aware of how do we walk in freedom. It, it, you confess, you repent, and you renounce. And until that's done, what happens when you renounce? What does it say in Proverbs 28? Uh, it says, you renounce them, they find mercy. Yes, that's the mercy. Confessing that's and renouncing. The, right. it's, 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 it's this blessing of God, the peace of God, and the healing and the mercy of God happens when we confess, we repent, and we renounce. And when we don't do that, we can easily slip into bondage. So you're, you're with your buddy and you're doing this freedom appointment. You've got the materials in front of you. You've kind of acknowledged, I've got some family history here. And what's the first step here? If we're talking with our, uh, you know, we're not going to hit all seven, but let's just talk about step one. Uh, the, the step number one is counterfeit versus real. And how are, are we living in the real world? And are we being honest about really our past life? And an awareness of what has taken place in our past. I mean, for example, you know, Chad, when you trusted Christ when you were 28 years old, mm -hmm. you lived a life of sin and transgression. Right. And it's 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 moving into an awareness of that. He talks about some of these these counterfeit things that people would live their life. Ouija board. People would play Ouija boards and think it's no big deal. They would do tarot cards and they would do, uh, you know, watch new age, new age kind of stuff, any kind oh. of things. They would just dabble in those things and think, Hey, listen, th those have no bearing on me. But what he's saying is that counterfeit lifestyle or counterfeit thinking just opens us up to bondage, to believe lies and kind of get a stronghold. I read in the, uh, uh, Psalm 27 this morning that God is supposed to be our stronghold. And he's saying that we could have strongholds in our past, in our life, that we're not even aware of, that we just so flippantly uh, partake in, but we need to go from counterfeit spirituality to real spirituality. And he says step one is just acknowledging and, and asking forgiveness of maybe partaking in false spirituality. Is that yeah, pretty close? I, I mean, yeah. Let me give you just a blatant example. Someone who is living an incredibly sexual, devious life before they trusted Christ. They, 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 there was a, a just blatant uh, sexual sin. Well, they trust Christ. And, and so now they're never, they're never going to struggle with sexual sin again. That's being naive and, and, and foolish. Right. That, that's why the Bible says over and over again, Paul is mentioning that we are to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, that we are to renew our minds and to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans chapter 13, we're not to think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And so there's this ongoing sanctification, this ongoing growth and being aware of what's what's about real and what's counterfeit. The second uh, step is deception versus truth. Are we living a life of truth or are we living a life of deception? And the, there's different ways that we can be deceived and we just unpack that in step two. Uh, there's a host of ways that we can be deceived. Um, and so how do we overcome that? 
We, we walk in truth and be aware of the truth. And when you became a Christian, mm-hmm. you were a baby. In, same with me. Right. We are just a baby. We're infants mm-hmm. in our relationship. It doesn't mean we're not saved, but we're just infants. Right. Well, we've got a long way to go right. to grow and to mature and to develop. Right. And he's, <clears throat> he's got on here on page 10 of this booklet, he says, Statements of Truth. He's got 11 statements that I, to this day, Years later, this morning, when I got up, I took about five minutes and read these prayerfully out loud. Just a couple of them. Yeah. I'm just going to read one. Yeah. I recognize there is only one true and living God who exists as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is worthy of all honor, praise, and glory as the one who made all things and holds all things together. That's Exodus 20 and Colossians 1. A couple verses from there, right? That's just a true statement. I can't hear that enough. No. I cannot hear that enough. I cannot re- renew my mind enough. By, and there's 10 or 11 of those. He just took, takes some scripture and they're incredible statements of truth that we just need to renew our mind by. We cannot know that. There's not, uh, there's not too, too little of that to be able to pour into our mind on a regular basis. So. Yeah, and I, I mean like the, the statement number two is I recognize that Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. I believe that he came to destroy the works of the devil and that he disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public display of them, having triumphed over them. This is out of John chapter one, Colossians chapter two, and first John chapter three. And you know what? You can turn that into a prayer. Right. You can say, Lord, I recognize recognize that you, Jesus Christ, that you are the Messiah. You are the word who became flesh. And it just helps us and reminds us how to walk in truth. The next one, step three, is probably the biggest. In fact, we're going to just mention it, but we're going to pick it up on the next, uh, on the fourth and final segment, is bitterness versus forgiveness. And Chad, as a pastor for 25 plus years, I've never encountered anyone, including myself, that doesn't at times struggle with bitterness, unforgiveness, or choosing forgiveness. It was kind of a big deal when Jesus says, when you pray, <laughs> forgive us, Lord, our trespasses, and forgive those who trespass again. He forgiveness knew. is a big deal. It's we're going to talk big. more about that in the next and fourth and final segment. We're going to finish this out about the steps to freedom in Christ on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Sattler. We're talking about living in freedom in Christ and the uh, the steps to freedom as a ministry of Neil Anderson. And we're talking about what's called a freedom appointment. And uh, if you need to make an appointment to talk about your finances, Dan Hart Financial. If you want to figure out how to invest wisely for the future and be a good steward of the money God has given you, Dan Hart would love to look at your financial portfolio and what to do for the future. And also... Uh, again, thank LNN Credit Union for being a great sponsor of our show. If you need any banking needs, checking, you name it, business, personal, LNN Credit Union. And on the last three segments, we've been talking about steps to freedom in Christ. And if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it on our podcast at Facebook and SoundCloud or iTunes and just type in Solid Steps Radio and you can listen to it commercial free. Thanks to our sponsors. Last segment, we talked about uh, the third step, which is a huge one, uh, forgiveness and how important that is. You know, Chad, forgiveness, a lot of times people think that forgiveness is we have to forget what somebody did to us. No, that's not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Um, and forgiveness is really, it's a choice. It's a decision of the will. That God gives us the capacity and the ability to forgive. And that's what Jesus could say, you know, on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And one of the greatest acts of 
of being like God is when we forgive someone who has deeply hurt us. Um, forgiveness is also agreeing to live with the consequences of another person's sin. And so we, when you do step three, it's literally you're going to write down the people that God brings to mind, the Holy Spirit brings to mind that have hurt you, offended you, wronged you, cheated you, and you're going to work through the forgiveness process. Step four is rebellion versus submission. Chad, have you ever rebelled? No, I've never ran a red light. <laughs> so it says right here, these darn, he says, including traffic laws, tax laws, attitude toward government officials. Have you ever had a rebellious spirit? No. Depends on when you get on the road and how, how late I am, right? Yeah, so we, we you just walk through. We just want to rebel. We do. We, are, we, just want, we wake up wanting to rebel against everybody who comes up against us. Yeah, some of us more than others. Right. But we have this tendency to rebel rebel and you know teachers coaches school officials employers past and present uh, husbands our wives i mean church leaders um god and god, and, god and, himself and, and right. ultimately god yeah. you know when we want to do things our own way right. that's our own rebellion versus submission that's why the bible says submit to god mm-hmm. because we're prone not to right uh, step five is pride versus humility now, Chad, I know that you never struggle with pride. You just constantly, <laughs> constantly never uh, struggle with this. But you are just walking in humility yeah. every day. I'm looking at the checklist he's <laughs> provided here, and I'm like, check, 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 all of these things. Oh, my goodness. I, ch- I checked every one of them. Look, uh, here's one. He says, uh, you know, being more concerned about pleasing people than pleasing God. Well, that's that's a prideful issue. He just lists, and by the way, for the listeners, this is just, it really puts in, he gives you an outline. It's not a formula, but he gives you an outline and helps put a lot of vague things. What does forgiveness look like? And he puts it into print and allows you to kind of walk through and, and go through these different options that, that could be prideful issues in your life. You know, and Chad, the other thing too is he, th- this is not meant to condemn us. No. The Bible, Jesus did not, he says clearly in John chapter three, he did not come to condemn us. There's not a spirit of condemnation. It's a spirit that we can confess and find freedom and joy and peace and, and, and life everlasting. I mean, that's what he's after. Step six is, oh my goodness, this is another biggie. This is bondage versus freedom. And uh, one of the big areas that he addresses here in step number six is resolving sexual sin. And he says, as the Lord brings to your mind every immoral sexual use of your body, whether it was done to you, rape, incest, sexual molestation, or willingly by you, pornography, sexual immorality, we are to renounce every experience with every person. Um, And I've had church leaders who have a list of sexual sins and again, it's not, it's not to condemn. It's so that we can have grace and mercy. Again, going back to Proverbs chapter 20, when we confess and we renounce and we get this out, there's mercy, there's peace. And I've had numerous men just are so grateful for this experience because it gives life. Mm-hmm. They're already a Christian. Right. But they've never truly confessed and renounced and repented 
of all of their sexual past. So one thing I would remind as somebody who has gone through this is you want to take someone with you to do this with somebody who you can confess your deepest, darkest secrets to, and you can trust that they're going to keep that confidential uh, and do the same thing for them. But if you're kind of figuring out, man, this is a lot of deep stuff and it is deep guys. God is deep. So, you know, you can stay in your shallow world and yeah. I can do that very easily. Well, and the, the psalmist says, deep calls unto deep. Right. He, he calls us to live the life of depth. So if, and, you, if and, you're hearing this, you're thinking, man, that's a lot of stuff. This formula, not formula, I'm not going to say that. This uh, resource, he gives you literally the prayers to pray. I mean, he just gives you the prayers and says, okay, insert the, the sin here or insert the name here. And he gives you these prayers to pray. People get hung up on praying other people's prayers. Listen, do you sing other people's worship songs on Sunday? You do. And it's okay to pray other people's prayers who have written these out for you. So he lays out these prayers to pray. He talks about, like you said, different pornography issues. If you've had homosexuality issues, uh, suicidal issues, you name it. He's got a lot of things that if you've been in bondage, his statement here says, many times we feel trapped in a vicious cycle of sin, confess, sin, confess, that never seems to end. And uh, a lot of that could be you're in bondage to a, a sexual sin or a sin that just feels like you got handcuffed by. Well, and Chad also, uh, I, one church leader said to me after she actually experienced this, she said that we need to do this regularly. Hmm. Again, this is not a, a, a spirit of condemnation, but this is a spirit of how do we walk in the joy of the Lord? How do we walk with great freedom? And, uh, and then the last uh, step, um, again, there's so much here, but step number seven is the curses versus blessings. The Old Testament talks about it. The New Testament, you know, dear Heavenly Father, please reveal to my mind all the sins of my ancestors that have been passed down through family lines. Since I am a new creation in Christ, I want to experience my freedom from these influences and walk in my new identity as a child of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So let me ask you this. Somebody may look at that and go, hey, wait a minute. Sins of the ancestors. That has nothing to do with me. The blood of Jesus cancels all that. What my great-grandfather was doing has no bearing on me today. First Peter chapter 1, Peter wrote that you were redeemed from your feudal way of life, inherited from your forefathers. The way I look at it is whoever the demons were that were tempting your grandfather <laughs> and your father, I have a hard time believing they retired. <laughs> They're well, we, probably still at work. And we, we had talked about, you know, before the show, Chad, how the enemy, you think, well, hey, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. I, I'm, I'm born again. I'm, I'm, I'm in the kingdom of light. I, I am a child of God. All of that is true. Right. And then we say, well, because of all that true, the enemy's already waved the, the white flag. He's already surrendered. He has already said, oh, yeah, that's right. Jesus is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the, he is the anointed one. He is almighty, and I'm just going to quit. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Satan or, his, or, or the spiritual forces of darkness, they're not going to retire. They're going to continue to war against us. And Paul says, put on the the, uh, the armor of God. So this curses versus blessings uh, is really, and, and they have this declaration in prayer. Uh, you know, I, I'm, this declaration, I read this almost every day. I here and now reject and disown all the sins of my ancestors. And as one who has been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God's son, I declare myself to be free from those harmful influences. I am no longer an Adam. I am now alive in Christ. And he goes on, and uh, there's just power in speaking truth. 
I mean, he closes up with how to maintain your freedom. And he, I love this, this daily prayer and declaration. It's just, dear Heavenly Father, I praise you and honor you as my Lord and Savior. You are in control of all things. I thank you that you are always with me and will never leave me or forsake me. You are the only all-powerful and only wise God. You are kind and loving in all your ways. I love you and I thank you that I am united with Christ and spiritually alive in him. I choose not to love the world or the things in this world and I crucify the flesh and all its passions. Thank you for this new life I have in Christ. I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can be guided by you and not carry out the desires of the flesh. And it, the, the prayer continues to go on, but it's so full of... I mean, he's quoting Scripture, scripture right. over and over and over again. I mean, you can't go wrong by praying Scripture. The law of the Lord is perfect. Right. It revives the soul it is truth and we need it right it's funny that prayer that daily declaration on the way to school i usually take the boys and i go okay boys and they're like oh sometimes they're rolling their eyes but you know what i was praying this prayer with my boys this morning as we, and i would read a line and they would read a line and my five-year-old <laughs> finished a couple sentences he already had it memorized mm. i am not doing this so that it's not a, a magic spell no. I'm doing this to ingrain in their minds truth and be transformed. With their, I want my five-year-old repeating these things over and over again, who God is, who I am, who God uh-huh. is, who I am. Because, we, because mm-hmm. we never stop. I love what Paul Tripp says. We never stop preaching to ourselves. No one is more influential in our lives than we are. We are constantly talking to ourselves. So we're going to have to end the show. And uh, Kurt, we're going to have him finish out, maybe finish with a little bit of a prayer here from here. He was reading that, the declaration, or maybe who we are in Christ. But if you want more information about a freedom appointment and you want to do a freedom appointment, go to furtherstoneministries.org, click on the email, and that you can email Kurt and say, hey, I want to do a freedom appointment because, Kurt, you have these on a semi-regular basis based on need. And if you want to go through a freedom appointment, that's part of Kurt's ministry, furtherstoneministries.org, and you can get more information. And again, the name of this ministry is called The Steps to Freedom in Christ. It's a booklet by Neil Anderson. It's the best two or three bucks you'll ever spend. If it's not, I'll give you your money back. So, Kurt... (laughs) Take us out with some more prayers and some declarations from, from, this, uh, from this ministry. Lord, uh, thank you that we are the salt of the earth and light of the world. You, you, that's what you call us. You, we are a branch of the true vine, and uh, we are chosen. We are appointed by God to bear fruit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're ministers of reconciliation, that we are a temple of God, that you live in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. And uh, would you just encourage our listeners right now, would you help them to draw near to you? and uh, utilize this booklet as, as you lead them. And we pray your grace and your blessing right now on, on our listeners in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.